Hey there, my friend, it's Trisha Carr. Real quick before we head into this episode, I just want to make sure that you know about Modern Mystic Life, a subscription service for spiritual mentoring and education. The monthly subscription is only $11.11 per month. We have regular support and inspiration delivered with the utmost ease right into your text messenger two to four times per week. You can use your mobile device or your desktop messenger to access the lessons and meditations, a monthly MP3 download of a produced meditation, at least once per month live meditation led by me. There is no account login, and we have a monthly live class workshop. These are usually $35 for non-subscribers, so it is quite a deal. And the community is amazing. This is a way for you to support the Charmed Life podcast and also a way for us to be able to work more closely together. So do check out how you can subscribe in the show notes. I hope to see you there. Hello and welcome to the Charmed Life podcast. This podcast is all about magic, metaphysics, mysticism, and the unconditional love of the universe, and I am your host. My name is Trisha Carr. I just love this conscious conversation that we have going on in this episode, and I'm very excited to invite you into this wonderful spirit. Her name is Krishna Avalon. And before I get into this amazing conversation, I actually thought that I would share with you a story (laughs) uh, from my life. It actually does connect with what Krishna and I talk about because Krishna does talk about being connected and working in nature in order to expand the subconscious mind. And so my little story here that I want to bring you in on is a conversation that I had with my cat, Barnabas. Now, my kitty Barnabas is the healer of our household. I have four cats, by the way, and four birds. And Barnabas is like the big brother of everybody. He is the guardian. He is the caretaker. He's looking out for everyone. And he's definitely the healer. He is the I mean, all animals are healer, but he is like the healer, capital T-H-E, healer of myself and my husband. And so I was checking in with Barnabas today. I, you know, I'm an animal communicator. And so I, as well, we all are animal communicators. When I say I'm an animal communicator, I mean, I have skills and practices and I offer it as a service. I'm currently not offering it as a service just while I'm a little bit busy, but generally speaking, that's what I mean. And um, I also do teach it. So if you're interested in it, keep your eye out. It's going to be coming around in the spring or the summer of, the, of 2023. So Barnabas, I um, you know, went into the place to be able to communicate with him in the way where I can actually hear the languaging, the, trans, the translation of the energy that we're always flowing back and forth as resonance and hear it as a special way for us to ask questions that will show up and not only ask questions, ask and answer questions that will show up in my energy as, you know, some specific things I may have been overlooking. And so my sweet Barnabas, when I just tapped in with him and asked him what he wanted, you know, what he wanted to talk about, if he, I actually asked him if he had anything funny to tell me, and he didn't really, because he had something kind of important to discuss with me. And he, he asked me, why do you make your head hurt? 
And and by the way, I don't have a headache right now. This is something that is clearly on his mind <laughs> that he wanted to bring up. And as he says this, as he asks me this question, why do I make my head hurt? I get a picture of me when I do have a headache in the front of my head, like right at the front of my brow. Sometimes it leans a little more to the right, but he's talking about a time when it's pretty equal across the front of my forehead. <laughs> and I love his question is like, I totally just know why I do that. And there's, you know, there's a logical reason. It's almost like if you, <laughs> you know, he's just like, why do you do that? And I'm like, well, I don't, clearly don't know that I'm doing that. Um, and anyway, I was, I just basically said, well, what do you mean? And how do I make my head hurt? And he, he said to me, when you stop breathing from here, and then he indicated, again, I'm getting as a picture, uh, deep all the way down to my pelvic bone, like the front of my pelvic bone. So even below where the diaphragm would be that far down, he says, when you stop breathing from here, now energetically, this would be like all the way down to basically the root and, you know, not he's not indicating down to the perineum, like all the way to my seat, but the front part of my pelvic bone. So I guess maybe the, the diaphragm does expand down that low, probably. And so he says, when you stop breathing from here, and I said, well, when do I do that? And then he showed me pictures of when he is, you know, he's one of those cats who makes the biscuits on you, you know, he needs, he'll come and he'll ask me to lean back even more than if I'm sitting, he'll, he'll kind of like ask me to lean back. And when I mean ask, it's not only that I pick it up telepathically, he will gesture, like he'll kind of work up my body and kind of <laughs> literally tell me lie down. And so he says that when he's, he showed me a few different pictures, sometimes he does it high up on my breastbone. Sometimes he does it more in the middle on my solar plexus or a little more to like around the belly button or something like that. And he told me, which I never realized, that when he's doing that, he's showing me where my breathing has stopped and almost like it's clogged there. And he is massaging to help it to continue to unclog or to continue to deepen down to that part where he says, if I breathe from that pelvic bone level, then I won't be getting headaches. And I find that fascinating. And so, you know, there's, it's not for just no reason. It's not just random that he would be needing on certain areas. He's actually doing energy healing and he's as much as his, the weight of his little, you know, almost 12 pound body could <laughs> muster, he's actually giving me a massage, but it is more energetic and it's loving and, you know, he's purring to balance my energy too. And so then I, you know, told him, thank you so much. And I will pay attention to that. And thank you. And by the way, Krishna, in this conversation, we talk about, she talks about breath work. And then I, I just was curious and I asked him, why do you behave the way you do when I do yoga? Because he cracks me up when I'm doing yoga sometimes. I will be doing cat-cow, you know, or tabletop. And I'm down on all fours, knees and hands. And he will, <laughs> if I'm doing cow or I'm doing cat and I have, you know, my back arched and I'm looking down the center of my body, I will see his little head pop through my crotch basically and rub himself all the way up my body to my face <laughs> and i'll be watching him do it as he's walking toward me <laughs> he 
it's the funniest thing ever. And he's like, because, and so he answered me, because I'm so excited that you're doing it and I'm joyful. And he is, he's like really like, he makes you crack up because he's joyful and he's like really active. And then that one particular thing that I'm telling you where he like traces my body from the crotch all the way up the center line to my face. He's like, see, that's when I'm like helping the breath. And I'm, I've been showing you keep breathing this way. And I'm so happy that you're doing it. And I want to celebrate it with you. And I'm crying now. So there you go. That's my Barnabas, my familiar. He's um, almost solidly black. He has a little uh, tuft of white hair right where his, like it's a priest collar. And so he's named after a romantic vampire. And yet he has like this, this um, you know, ministerial energy about him. So there we go. Nature, um, breath work. And that's how I wanted to start off this wonderful conversation with the beautiful light Krishna Avalon. As we head into this I invite you to take a nice big deep breath because the energy, the um, it's a kind of beautiful intensity that comes through when Krishna is talking. So Krishna is a licensed acupuncturist, certified health coach, and psych K facilitator, pranayama breathwork guide, and somatic practitioner. Krishna has guided over 24,000 patients and clients to their health and wellness goals for the last 18 years. She currently specializes in subconscious transformation. And so here we go with this beautiful conscious conversation with Krishna Avalon, and I will chat with you on the other side. Well, Krishna, I am very excited to learn about all of the amazing, uh, just the work that you're doing so much. We both work in similar in the same areas, working with the subconscious mind, but you have all these different ways that you facilitate it. So I'm super excited to hear all about this. And so would you mind sharing with everyone the, you know, your journey and the work that you're doing? Yeah. Well, I mean, I started off as an acupuncturist. I've been doing that forever. And it was just time for me to grow and to change. And so as a healing artist, I mean, I've come into so many things in my time uh, as a practitioner. Um, And it would have taken something super special for me to switch paths. So when I started learning about the subconscious, I became obsessed because the subconscious is how we create 90 to 95% of our lives. And when I started to understand that's where our beliefs are held, our patterns, our autopilot, maybe why we can't create life as we want it to be, like when we're watching all these other people be able to do it around us, or we have like our goals and our intentions, and it's just like so hard. I started to understand it's because the subconscious mind is usually very contracted and limited in what we feel we or believe that we're worthy of or deserving. And so we will operate from a place of what we've been shown or what our experience has been. And so that was just like the light bulb that went off for me that helped me um, switch careers, honestly. And it was just like an absolute 1000% yes. When I learned about this work, it was like, follow this path. And there's only been three things in my life that have been that kind of yes. One was becoming an acupuncturist, just trusted that all the way. The second was becoming a mom. And now the third is is this work that I'm doing now. So 
Yeah, I'm obsessed. I love it. I'm watching people be able to make changes they just haven't been able to make before. And then the same thing for myself. So mm, that's beautiful. And you, uh, so you shifted out of acupuncture or do you do that somewhat still? I do it because I still love it. And there, there are people that are just like, please. And so, <laughs> yeah, I will, but like in a more discerning way, you know, I used to bill insurance. I had employees. I had like a whole situation I was running. I actually sold my practice back in February, which is not something that's easy to do, but it was really beautiful. I actually had several offers. And so that also was like a yes. So I let that go. And then there are just people who still just really want to come see me. And so um, I move more into coaching through the subconscious transformation work and through breath work sometimes, but acupuncture is more occasional at this point. And I want to hear about what it is you're doing now, but I am, I am curious about the acupuncture because, and I'm, this is not my discipline, so <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. I, I have a sense that acupuncture does work with the subconscious mind because working with the meridians, which bridges to the somaticism of the body, which is connected to the subconscious mind. I don't know, am I following a path that makes any sense? Because I'll bet that bridge made a lot of sense to you because you were in some ways already working with the subconscious mind or the, the energy of that. Yeah, I would say that I was definitely working with the nervous system and I was mm -hmm. definitely working with the mind body spirit connection. Yeah. But what it comes down to is I believe that at the foundation of what a lot of the people that I work are after is wanting to be empowered creators of their life. And to be that you do have to work with the subconscious mind. So mm -hmm. having this specific training and tools to get there and expand the subconscious I mean, it's gold. It's absolute gold because you could spend forever in talk therapy up here, right? Like you're in your mm -hmm. head up here. You consciously, intellectually understand now why things are the way they are because you've been in talk therapy forever. But that's triggering for a lot of people and it keeps them up here. So unless you have the ways to one, release it from your body and two, expand your beliefs to be able to move on peacefully from a stress or a trauma. And then that second piece, grow your self-worth and your deservingness, which is honestly what it's about for every single person. And it's usually around believing that we're worthy and deserving of love, money, pleasure, joy, even if other people around us aren't feeling that not having to give our power away to be accepted, those kinds of things, trusting ourselves. And so your conscious mind, as you know, might be like, I deserve those things. But if your subconscious is not expanded in those places, you just won't be able to create life from there. Because if the beliefs don't exist in the subconscious mind, they just won't happen. Yeah, the subconscious mind always gets what it believes or what it needs. Because what it sometimes what it needs is for you to sit down and stop working so much, and so you get sick or injured. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and yeah. you know, I have to share. I want to share with you, and I've shared it on the podcast a couple times. So, uh, for those of you who've heard it, the law of repetition is something that helps to <laughs> expand our subconscious mind. I had this download while I was um, in actually a conversation on the podcast with someone else, and I had this this uh, vision of how we how we say something like 
I'm trying to understand that. I'm trying to understand the information. I'm trying to understand why I do this. Or, and we even tend, sometimes we look up as I'm doing, which you would only see if you're watching the video, but I, we look up. And the fact is, as you're saying, you know, the from here up, and I'm pointing from my neck up, that's basically our conscious mind from the neck down or below the neck is our unconscious or subconscious. And when we're saying, when we're in the space of trying to understand, we're literally standing under, <laughs> we're keeping it above us, keeping it up here, what is meant to be in formation, meaning it's supposed to go into our body, into that uh, subconscious uh, activation. So I just thought I would share that. But I want, I want to hear more about the, way, the different modalities that you are using now to facilitate that subconscious expansion. What are the specific ones that you're finding most valuable and expansive? Yeah, I love that. Well, I mean, I first came into breathwork mm -hmm. a few years ago, and there is a point, the breathwork that I guide is big, and you are bringing in a lot of life force energy very quickly, clearing out density, stagnation, trapped emotion. And you do get past the busy mind and the ego and drop in deeper. And then I usually have people say things out loud and yell to get things mm -hmm. off their body. And so I do believe we work with the subconscious in that way. But honestly, it's the training that I have in Psych-K. It stands for psychology and kinesiology. I don't love the name at all. So essentially, it's subconscious transformation because that's what we're doing when we do a series of sessions. We're expanding the subconscious. Um, that just is direct and it's so simple and you're not, it's not like hypnotherapy. You're conscious the whole time. We use muscle testing before and after what we call balances in Psych-K to make sure there's been a shift in the subconscious. I like the name just fine. What, what is, do you think it implies like something <laughs> unusual or something? <laughs> it's mostly that people or like, I mean, for me, I was just never like really drawn to it. And then I had a few people being like, it just kind of <laughs> feels a little weird. It stands for psychology, kinesi. I like it fine, <laughs> but I do like subconscious transformation better. Uh -huh. And I believe that the way that I'm guiding people is more in that direction anyway. So mm -hmm. I think that when you have a ton of training, it's hard to not use your entire skill set, right? Yeah. And yeah. so um, I am using my Psych-K training with my, intuitive, with my intuitive skills, with my space holding skills, um, and just with some other things. Like I might bring in breath work into a practice. So, Yes, absolutely. I think that, like you say, when we have a lot of training, we <laughs> the reason we get a lot of training is because we're synthesizing back, synthesizing these different models because they're all a piece of what it is we would do naturally, like our soul's vibration of being a healer. Um, so yeah, absolutely. So what kind of, can you explain to me what it looks like, um, Psych-K? Is it, it's, it's body working? Is that what it is? Yeah, the other reason I just wanted to say too that I don't love the name is because some of the balances bring in practices from like native teachings and psyche does come from a white man so mm -hmm. as a brown woman also knowing that this is, and you know there is like respect shown to some of the like energetic parts or even um spiritual parts of the balances but yeah i mean that's already integrated 
they would love it if you didn't use any other skill sets with Psyche. Yeah. But I mean, I just feel like that's silly. I have like I've a lot that. of vast training and like, yeah. I'm not going to not do my other things that I know are going to be helpful. So I have a yeah. friend who was thinking of taking a training and she was looking at everything that it entailed. And it said that you had to sign a, at the end of it, you had to sign a contract saying that you wouldn't use it with any other modality. And, and I was like, this just, anyone who signs that, like, that's just not even possible. <laughs> no, and you can't brand something like you took things from yes. other, especially indigenous wisdom. I mean, so I was yes. absolutely 100% drawn to getting the training, mm -hmm. but I, I feel okay. I mean, I've been an acupuncturist for 20 years as well. I went through TCM training. I don't mean any disrespect what I don't like, you know, honor the exact lineage, how my training came to me. You know, it's mm -hmm. just like I bring in that training with my other skills. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I think it's all about intention and integrity. And I think it's also why I've always been super supported as a practitioner as well. Like my integrity is in check, but yeah. Yeah. It's, it's often a broader conversation. And um, I think, yeah, I think that's really wonderful. There's unfortunately a lot of white guys who invented a lot of the things that we use. He didn't though. It's like a, I know. So, yeah. And we, um, we use these things called brain gym exercises in Psyche, which is about creating the whole brain state. If you know that, and it's mm -hmm. just getting the left and the right hemispheres of the cerebral cortex to communicate coherently. And then when that happens, that's when the subconscious can expand. Yes. He, he didn't come up with that. No, Williams not. did not come up with that. So, and no, then the Corpus, the Corpus Colossum came up with that, which is <laughs> the fibers that actually bond the two. Yeah. Right. So, so um, at, at any, anyway, is it, so how, what are, what are the, what are the actual sessions or what is the facilitation kind of look like? Is it body yeah. working? Yeah. I was wondering. No, I mean, there are balances that have an energy work component to it. I mm -hmm. feel like it's like there's some Reiki type okay. stuff in it too, but that's for other balances. I'd say the two main balances that I work with for someone that I'm just going to see for a session to maybe three sessions, there's one called the transformation of stress balance, which the whole goal of that is to help you peacefully unattach from a trigger or a trauma or a stress, whether that's past, present, or future. I could have a whole business just using that balance because it is getting you off of that well-oiled track that you've gone down however many times. Doesn't mean that it's true. Doesn't mean that it's good for you. It's just what's familiar and what you know. Mm -hmm. And then the other balance is a goal statement balance. And then that is where we talk about what you want and you come up with sometimes my help, your goal statement that you want to be creating life from. So it's literally creating the belief to exist in your subconscious so that it's possible. So for those two, there's, there is one balance that does have sort of an energy work component to it. Um, but we're just muscle testing, like I said, to speak mm -hmm. to the subconscious, make sure we have a clear yes and no. Mm -hmm. And again, that didn't come from the Psyche founder. Muscle testing's been around. And then we uh, muscle test afterwards. And then during the balance, there are different ways to balance depending on what we're balancing for. But it's pretty simple. And again, the balance is to just create that whole brain state. And then there are different ways to get there. So, mm -hmm. 
Would you mind explaining it, uh, muscle testing? And I, actually, I, I, I'm like for myself, I'm curious what type of muscle testing because I know a few different. I've seen a few different ways, whether it's the body sway kind of pendulum thing or or um, creating tension against an arm to see the weakness. And but anyway, at any rate, it, uh, any listeners who have never heard, what does she mean by muscle testing? Can you explain what that is? Yes, good question. I know a naturopath had done it to me several years ago, but they were doing it to me. And I was like, this is stupid because they were deciding what the answer was. And I didn't even know what was going on. They were just pressing on me. And I was like, okay, whatever. Um, but oh, I yeah. had it that way too. I was, and so I haven't used it much because it was actually an acupuncturist. She put supplements in my hand and then she was muscle testing. And it actually, I ended up taking all the the ones that she had decided was, you know, the right amount or whatever. And I, she had to take me off of them because they were too heavy or whatever. Anyway. So I think she was doing it to me, <laughs> like you're saying, sorry, I interrupted, but I'm like, I no, had an aha okay. moment. Totally. And in Psyche, we do it with someone. So if we are in an in-person session, I would be using your arm and I'd be asking you which arm you want to muscle test with. And then I'd be pressing on your arm. And then I'd be asking you afterwards if that was strong or weak. And so a strong response mm -hmm. is a yes and a weak response is a no. So we can do this stuff virtually as well, which is kind of amazing. And all I do is ask for permission to muscle test on your behalf. So I'm not oh, so even like, body? yeah. You, oh, interesting. So you kind of empathically map yourself to them and then use their body. That's fascinating. I like that. Uh, I was worried that it was empathically, but it's not because <laughs> okay. I do do Reiki or energy work. And at first, when we came across that in the training, I was like, oh, shit. I didn't want to take on other people's stuff <laughs> or like do something I wasn't familiar with. But it's not that. You're literally asking for permission from a person's higher self and your own. Mm. Is it safe and appropriate mm -hmm. for Krishna to be a surrogate for Trisha? A surrogate, yes. Yeah. I was so. thinking proxy. Surrogate's an even yeah. better word. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And and so, yeah. So I will will say that definitely that practitioner, she was an acupuncturist. She definitely didn't, she did it to me because she was putting, she was putting supplements in my hand and yeah. then she was, and then she was actually mumbling to herself to going, and then like, <laughs> and then like just making, and then kind of prescribing the, the uh, supplements from that. And like five days later, I was like, my guts hurt. <laughs> She's like, well, let's take you off of them. <laughs> and we will be right back. Hi, friend. It's Trisha Carr with an invitation for you. If you are ready to accelerate your ascension and connect to the swift flow of your life mission, Mind Body Ascension Acceleration Coaching. All of my clinical training, my experience from teaching and providing countless sessions and classes, one-on-one, -on -one, group coaching, healing, reading, teaching, channeling, as well as my calibration as a human design reflector, I'm offering all of this to you to step up your entire life, to accelerate your ascension walk. If you've had a single session with me, if you've had coaching, or if you've experienced transformation from any of my offerings, my classes, podcasts, videos, well, this is an accelerated and exponentially charged. This is what my soul has prepared for an eternity and up to now. And if you hear this call, then this is also co-created with your soul. Your life is meant to be joy first and 
a service as a close and integrated second. This coaching is especially tuned for high achievers who want to accelerate their progress on their life mission and create mind-body well-being and higher attunement. Submit to work with me in this powerful container, this premium coaching. If you feel the call, you can do it. I guide, you take action. I hold the resonant projection field, channel your steps, and you take action. The first action step is to fill out an application, the link to which you will find in the description. Be prepared, be ready to upgrade your mind-body ascension and your connection and flow with your spiritual mission. And now back to the show. Yeah, so in our process that I was trained in, we were taught for effective muscle testing that a person's body is relaxed, their chin's parallel to the ground, and their eyes are looking down. And then if I were pressing on your arm, I would make sure that your eyes were looking down, right? And then muscle test. Same thing on myself, if I were muscle testing on your behalf. So it's cool because some person's eyes could be like moving around, and if you don't catch it, they might not muscle test correctly. Because mm, they're look, probably looking around in their conscious mind trying to <laughs> answer instead of being uh, in the more of the somatic yeah, uh, placement, so I would think, right? Yeah. yeah or if they're, if they're like chins looking up or whatever. I've just noticed that that. But it's interesting because when the body's relaxed and the chin's parallel and the eyes are looking down and you're asking the questions, some of the questions are like, it blows people's minds because they can't alter it. <laughs> <laughs> And I bet, do you have to, because we have part of what we, many of us have to deal with is achievement and doing things right. And that's definitely a, uh, you know, so when you're telling them, when you're asking them, is that weak or strong, they don't want to get it wrong. And it's like that of itself is, is really empowering to get them past the perception of getting it wrong or when nothing can be wrong when it's coming from you know, you from your expanding that subconscious area. How is that process? I'll bet that alone is just powerful, right? To get them to trust the process. Totally. And I love that you picked up on that because that's, that is what it's meant to do is to get people clear on their yes and no. And even if I think it's obvious, it's like I'm keeping a poker face and then asking them, was that strong or weak? Yeah. So this is what is called, I don't know if you're familiar with the term idiomotor, and it's, it's um, idio means subconscious, motor means the body. And for example, like using a pendulum to get yes or no answers for yourself is idiomotor. And when you do it right, <laughs> when you do it genuinely from the subconscious space, I can't, like you're saying, I can't influence it. I can uh, think with my conscious mind that the answer to this would be no, but then it gives me a yes. And I'm like, whoa. And then it will, you know, the empirical (laughs) evidence will eventually show itself. And that's, it's really, we're fascinating beings, aren't we? Yeah. And I love pendulums too. I do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just, I mean, even just for fun. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Do you use them just for yes? Because you can also use them to like, um, you know, with a chart of, of, uh, the alphabet or like words to be able to pull together. You, you know, have you ever done that before? I haven't done it personally, but I did some sort of, I don't know what kind of session it was, but she was <laughs> using a pendulum and it was going across the chart. And I was like, what is happening? But something was definitely happening. 
<laughs> yeah, it can get really complex. I haven't gotten that complex with it, but yeah. So, um, so you work individually with groups, both. What kind of? How does this work? Um, how are you? Do you apply all of this work? I mean, at this point, it's individual or it's with two people. Mm -hmm. So, if there's a relationship balance, for instance, both people don't need to be here. Like, you could do a balance with your husband. And I would be the surrogate for your husband. And he wouldn't even ever need to know that you did that balance, but you would notice shifts in your relationship, for instance. Or I know, right? Or both people could be here and we could do it together, all three of us. So amazing. Yeah. So there's the, okay, so we have the breath work and we have the balances. And so in a, so with muscle testing, so you said there's like the goal statements that you help them to craft. And then we sort of, you sort of somatically with the with the balances move them to creating the beliefs for to that will help the the relationship basically with the goals. Am I getting that right? Yeah, that balance is pretty lengthy and it can take up to 45 minutes to an hour. Um, and if there are many steps, but again, you want to get to the whole brain state. That's the goal for every single balance. And so there are parts where you're like saying things to each other or hearing things that you want to hear from the person. You could even do the relationship balance with yourself mm -hmm. um, or with your house or with your body, um, with your job. So That's yeah, beautiful. yeah, there are many steps to that one, but then there are different, yeah, just ways of getting things to be um, more expanded so that you can be unstuck in places where you are in a relationship with something. That's so beautiful. And, you know, uh, I, I obviously a big part of all of this really is the neuroplasticity that our, you know, our brains, even working with the whole brain state, you're going to be creating um, a harmonic resonance so that we can shift and change the, uh, the actual, you know, physical expression of the brain. Can you speak to the, you know, the piece of the neuroplasticity and how important that is in I mean, all of our life, mind, body, spirit, right? Yeah. I mean, I am obsessed because the neuroscience shows that neuroplasticity or our perceptions are more even impactful than genetics. And so neuroplasticity is just the brain's ability to change and have a new experience. So there's that saying, like, can't teach an old dog new tricks, but actually you could if that person wanted to have new tricks. <laughs> I've never said that before. It's, it's funny to me, but, um, but they could. I like new tricks. So, <laughs> yeah. So, um, how uh, I, I was, I'm very curious about your spiritual journey. Did you have, have, has your spiritual connection been a steady evolve? Uh, evolvement, no evolution, or, or did you? Are you one of the people who had some kind of awakening? Would you be interested in sharing some of your spiritual journey and the magic of that path? Yeah, I love that too. Um, I mean, I think that I was always like the caretaker or space holder. I just didn't know what any of that meant. Um, I think that I've been a practitioner for lifetimes. If you believe in that kind of thing, I do because it just feels true. It's just so natural for me. So in acupuncture school, I just started getting exposed to things that I was not exposed to as a brown girl being raised by a huge white Catholic family in the Midwest of Wisconsin. 
with the spiritual mm -hmm. lessons of being taught to fit in where I didn't belong, be someone you're not, people please others, no, don't say no, always give, give, give. So my spiritual lessons came through, like most of us, just all this stuff that didn't work for me. And then finally, when I started acupuncture school, I just started getting exposed to the right healing tools and the right medicine for me, which allowed me to grow in my space holding skills for others. So, you know, my spiritual practice is really just like my own connection to source or the divine. And I get that through nature and I get that through meditation and I get that through sleep and journaling and yeah. breath work and definitely psyche. Mm -hmm. um, and just choosing, I feel like it's so much is about just like letting go and not doing the things that <laughs> get in the way of that. So it's not, it's not about doing more. I'm mm -hmm. constantly guiding people just like create space, say no to things, let go of this. Do you really, does that like light you up, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So in a, in a nutshell, that's my spiritual practice. <laughs> Beautiful. Yes. Nature. I mean, nature does expand the subconscious mind when you're really, really with, well, because we are nature and that's the thing that we seem to be forgetting every moment when we're not present and we are doing too much of the doing uh, nature just gets in there and gets us back to where we who we really are or what we really are what how did your meditation there's so many people who are i'm actually teaching a program right now uh, for meditation and intuition and um you know i have various levels of practices there it is, though, for every single one of us, if we haven't been, if we don't have a habit of meditation, if you're starting a habit, for every single one of us, it's it's hard, right? <laughs> like the mind is stubborn and it doesn't want to stand down. So what is, how did you evolve to be able to have a comfortable and pleasant meditation practice that really serves you and that you, that nourishes you and that you look forward to? Do you have any tips or advice? Absolutely. I love that question because it changes for me and it's different for everyone. Like for some people who've had a lot of trauma or stress, it doesn't feel safe to sit still or to be quiet. And so I would say have a walking meditation and where you're like finding, looking for beauty, essentially reframing your focus, finding something to love and then expanding that. I mean, that's my meditation when I'm in nature anyway. I started off as a Vipassana meditator um, I mean, that really changed my life as well. And that is like nothing fluffy at all, where you're sitting and noticing everything that happens. And the goal of that is equanimity, where you're not reactive, you're just noticing the impermanence of all things and establishing building up your equanimity so that you're like, peaceful and chill, and able to be and not crave or avoid, or those kinds of things very difficult to do. Um, also, just one of the most powerful things I ever done. I also love the quantum, you know, so I could hang out in the quantum field all day long, in like the void and the limitlessness of everything that's possible. I mean, I could do that all day long. Mm -hmm. So guided meditation, you know, I have some favorite teachers for guided stuff too. So for me, it ebbs and flows. Sometimes I'm just taking a couple of deep breaths and feeling and imagining my own energy coming back to me. 
And then I'm feeling my energy like connect up to the divine and down into earth. And then I'm imagining that all of my guides and my bright and well ancestors are doing the same so that we are like harmonious and a team working together. That's really powerful. It's actually really effective off the shifts with that right away. So, you know, I just try to meet people where they're at. Often I'm guiding people through somatic meditations where they are working with their nervous system, just practicing feeling safe in their body one breath at a time and then using the information from the body working with that to send signals up to the brain hey it's safe right now to relax and let go rather than sitting and trying to quiet the mind that's really difficult for a lot of people so it is and thank you for mentioning that it is different for everyone thank you for mentioning how for someone we're starting it feels unsafe in the body or it feels unsafe to be quiet and I, I've had a, I, there's a couple of people, one person reached, who's an old friend said to me, uh, just on Instagram DM, because she saw my, the program I was, you know, uh, offering. And she said, oh, it's funny. Meditation makes me more stressed out. And I can't really answer on Instagram thoroughly in the way I, hope, I would love it if she listened to that. <laughs> like, it's like, well, that doesn't mean that meditation is the issue. It's something that, you know, it's an opportunity. Um, and maybe it is the style of, of, um, of engaging with that state. I I'm, I echo you. St- it's like I start all the time. I, I have to, it's almost like a physical um, ed- exercise practice where you need to change things up in order to strengthen one set of muscles or, you know, work on fitness in one way or another. You have to change it up because too much repetition of one kind of something then it's like the conscious mind starts to hijack it. <laughs> That's what I see. Mm-hmm. I see the conscious mind going, hmm, I can sneak in here and take over that practice and she'll think she's being spiritual still <laughs> if I can personify it a little bit more. <laughs> Does yeah. that make sense? It makes so much sense. And I would just say that that's more my personality. Like yes. when I go to a Vipassana silent 10-day sit, which is not for the faint at heart, it's, it's hard work. <laughs> But the people who are sitting in front, they've done like seven or more sits and they're badasses. And I have Mm -hmm. so much respect and admiration or the acupuncturist that's just strict, devoted TCM. I have so much respect for that. My personality, my gifts, they come through in a lot of different ways. So it's, you know, I'm more open and fluid, I guess, in my my spiritual practices. (laughs) I love that. But nature, (laughs) sleep hydration, meditation, those nutrition. are my, yeah, nutrition. nutrition. Those are my non-negotiables for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And body movement for me too, of, of many Same. different kinds of body movement, you know, absolutely necessary. Well, this has been so amazing and I could talk to you for hours. I want to make sure that, <laughs> <laughs> that everyone knows how they can work with you. What, how are some ways that they can connect with you and partake of your amazing guidance? That's awesome. Um, You asked if I guided groups. I do guide groups through breathwork. I just did one yesterday morning with a different host who had me on her podcast. I guided their group. She was coaching. Um, And you can just find out about me, about the subconscious more, why you want to work with that, why that's the gold if you are trying to be more empowered as the creator of your life. Um, And I just, when I say that, I just mean that we really are limitless beings. We really are. So it's not just about like, yeah, of course, there's so much to be grateful for. So beautiful to be content. I also love to invite people to dream bigger. Like 
what can you imagine? Because if you can imagine it, it exists. So, you know, all that kind of stuff is on my website, which is just my name, krishnaavalon.com. And um, if you're a social media person, I post on stories on Instagram when I feel like it. <laughs> that's a good <laughs> That's a good time to do it. <laughs> Totally. <laughs> Perfect measure. Well, anyway, thank you so much. This has been really so enlightening, Krishna, and I just appreciate all the work you're doing on our beautiful world. And thanks for thanks for coming on and gracing us with the beauty of your spirit. And likewise, thank you. about you but I do feel very encouraged to go partake of some breath work right now and I did notice myself in an event the other day it was actually at um, HMI College of Hypnotherapy I that is the college from which I graduated I've had a few of the teachers and graduates on the podcast and I was at an event that we were you know we were producing and, and and I work there as well. That's what I meant to say. And I was at an event, and there was like the there were these moments where people were we were recording someone presenting something, like it was for an educational package. <laughs> and as we were all sitting in the audience, as the person was re- reading the teleprompter to uh, record something, I would hold my breath, and I turned to my friend, who's a, you know a colleague also a teacher at the school. And I was like, I was holding my breath while she was just recording that. And she laughed. And she's like, because you're that involved? And I'm like, yeah, exactly. Because me holding my breath helps her, number one. (laughs) Number two. (laughs) And number two, most importantly, holding my breath helps no one, whether I'm the one doing the thing or someone else is doing the thing. Wow. Even though I guide people in in these health and well-being and these subconscious practices, I still got to work on it myself. Breathing is life. So check out Krishna Avalon's work in the show notes. Of course, we have links to her uh, website and her so- and her social media. And I do encourage you to seek out if you feel guided to work with her and perhaps to see if you can do some breath work with her or any of the ways that she is doing it because the work that she's doing is really, truly beautiful. And I hope that, um, I hope I w- really want to hope to encourage you to get into and give yourself space to expand your subconscious mind and your well-being and your connection to your goals and your soul urges. And, you know, I take that into my heart for myself and I offer it to your heart for yourself because you are beautiful. We need you. You are precisely designed to be exactly who you are. And we want all of you. And that's what I have for you in this episode. Thanks for tuning in. I love you, whoever you are.